Hi, this is Emily Trotter, and you're listening to Nothing But Fine Bible Talk, where we're going to do just that, talk about the Bible. We're going to read it, make some notes, learn some things, and hopefully put those things into practice. Are you ready to dig in? Well, hello, good morning, um, afternoon, good day, whatever it is where you are. Um, so today we're going to talk about Psalm 4. Um, and I've made a playlist. I, I've already been enjoying it. Um, it. It really took all I could do to just not play it for you guys here. But I think that that's might be illegal. <laughs> This is not actually a radio station, even though I like to refer to it as nothing but fine radio. <laughs> so um, I, I don't think that I could I could only play 15 seconds of each one and that wouldn't be do it justice. But I, I apparently it's fine if I make a playlist and then send it to all of you. So. If you don't have Apple Music, I don't know what to tell you. Um, I have Apple. That's where I make them from. Um, and I always, what I've done for three weeks in a row is I always include one of my papa, um, uh, Jake Hess. Uh, he is always represented. And so far, so have the Martins, um, which is uh, my Aunt Judy and her brother and sister. Um, and they're Southern Gospel. So those are my roots. Those That was my first love and the first music that I ever um well, I just was, I was raised on that. Um, and what I thought everyone, I thought everyone was into Southern gospel music. <laughs> and it wasn't until my teenage years when I moved to Columbus that people went Southern, what? <laughs> Southern rock? No. Um, that's when people, that, that's when you know that you've grown up in a music town. Um, and Columbus may be a little more a music town nowadays than it was back in the early nineties. Um, because Nashville uh, and south of Nashville and Brentwood, Tennessee, we were music people and everyone just was like, oh, you're in the music business. OK, even if they hadn't heard heard of you or heard of the genre that you, you listened to or were affiliated with if they were just like, oh, yeah, sure. Um, whereas everyone everywhere else outside of that is like, do what now? OK, um, so uh, all of that is a digression. I love the playlist for today. Don't. Um, it's got. um Jennifer Hudson singing How Great Thou Art on it with Pentatonix, which is all an, an all acapella group. It's phenomenal. So when you see a Christmas album come up and you're like, this can't be right. No, it, it really is on their Christmas album from very, very long ago. Well, not very. I don't know how long ago it was, but it's been it's been a while. But that is um, an amazing song. It's a sleeper that no one talks about enough. Um and how great they are is an amazing song anyway. So, um, so today Psalm four is going to be, this is, it's evolving guys. My study and my digging deeper into the Psalms is evolving and how I'm writing it and how I'm studying it is different, um, than anything I've ever done before, which is interesting because I'm really kind of doing it inductively, which I always do, but I've never been one to just write it all like, strictly in my Bible. And I was having such a hard time um, trying to write it down on a piece of paper in my notebook and then kind of compile and draw it. For some reason, this was really, really hard. Um, and it would have been 
I would have almost had to have just, and maybe I should do this, and maybe this would help with memorization here. I'm just thinking on the fly here, where if we write it down, I mean, Kay Arthur, if you love her or you hate her, I think she's amazing. That's how I learned um, back in the t- early 2000s when I first started this um, inductive Bible study learning. I I think she's amazing, and I have learned so much from her. And so she always, in all of her studies, will print, well, especially the bigger ones, the the little books, not so much. She does print the text in there some, but not like she does with the inductive study guides, where in the back there are literally the pages of the book, of the book of the Bible that you're studying, listed out on eight by eight and a half by 11 piece of paper, and you have plenty of room to mark and do as you would. So maybe that's what we need to do. Huh. Just having some ideas, I guess. You know, the smart thing would be for me to um, plan ahead and to do all these great ideas that I have before I actually record. (laughs) (laughs) So that all of you can be with me. (laughs) We can be doing the same thing. Oh, look, somebody make a note and remind me that I said this so I can do it. Okay, right. So today, what I'm going to do is... I I loved my, I started with my NIV. Y'all know I do that. It's the Life Application Study Bible. Nothing But Fine has an an Amazon storefront, I guess is what you call it. We're trying to prove to them that we um, are somebody and that that I can influence you to buy things. But I did... um, I did link in there is a link for the life application study Bible that I have. And I do and I've had it for a really, really long time. I believe I bought it at Sam's years and years and years ago. And um, I'm trying to look up to see if I wrote down the date that I bought it. Oh, yeah, since 2001. Well, it says presented to Emily by Jim. Oh, maybe Jim did give it to me on Christmas of 2001. Um, so I thought it. I think it came from Sam's. I really do, because I think I saw it there and bought another one. And I think I gave that one to my mama um, years later. But I had two of the same one. Because if you buy something, if you like something, buy it in a different color. Mine is maroon. I bought a black one. And I think that's the one I gave to mama. I'm pretty sure. Um, But anyway, I start with that. And it's linked in the Amazon um, space. Then I'm going to read from the new chronological Bible that my mom got me for Christmas, which is the... um, New King James Version. And then I'm going to close this out with with the message version because it just made me giggle a little bit because it's funny. Um, yeah, so there there's the three translations you're going to get today. <laughs> See, this is a one-stop shop. But I'm going to read the, um, I'm going to read Psalm 4 and then we'll get into it. It's just eight verses. Okay, here we go. Let me get my glasses. <clears throat> Answer me when I call to you, O my righteous God. Give me relief from my distress. Be merciful to me and hear my prayer. How long, O men, will you turn my glory into shame? How long will you love delusions and seek false gods? Know that the Lord has set apart the godly for himself. The Lord will hear when I call to him. And your anger do not sin. When you are on your beds, search your hearts and be silent. Offer right sacrifices and trust in the Lord. Many are asking, who can show us any good? Let the light of your face shine upon us, O Lord. You have filled my heart with greater joy than when their grain and new wine abound. 
I will lie down and sleep in peace for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. So there's Psalm 4, okay? That was the NIV. We'll see. Um, so so first of all, I, I love that it, it says at the beginning, it says, you know, Psalm 4 for the director of music. This is what it, it these kind of make me laugh because it says with stringed instruments, a Psalm of David. So Dave was David, Dave, we can call him Dave, I guess. He was giving directions how he wanted it done. These are for the minister of music. And um, oh, my gosh, I just played Jingle Bells. My cord hit this jingle bell button. <sighs> David would not be happy with his music director right now. Anyway, you guys. <laughs> oh, my word. Um, and I would record again, but I think I've said some really good things already, and I don't want to, I don't want to forget them. So, you know. Anyway, so jingle bells. David is giving you know, giving his minister of music, if David is the king and also the preacher, he is giving his minister of music the directions of how he wants this to be done. Okay. Uh, it, it's the theme is rejoicing in God's protection and peace. I didn't, I didn't write this. This is just what my Bible says. Okay. Um, we can place our confidence in God because he will listen when he call when we call on him. Now, this might have been also when he was fleeing from Jerusalem. He might be um, referring to that as well. We don't know for sure. There's really not any um, definitive clues that can tell us, but we do know that this is included in the in the part of Psalms from one to forty books one through forty one of um, what they. It's mostly laments. Okay, so this is a lament. But what gets me is it's so quickly halfway through turns into a praise. It turns into a, it starts as a lament, turns to a praise, even though sprinkled out throughout that there are some reminders. And that's the thing about David is even though when he is lamenting, he's still reminding himself how good that the Lord has already been to him, what he's already come through, what he's already seen, how he knows. It's just the same thing as when he's standing in front of Goliath and, and he's the only one brave enough to stand amongst this giant and say, shut your mouth, stop talking about my God that way. And he's with me and he's going to defend me. David had lived such a life that he had these moments of his faith conquering everything where he knew and he believed that God was going to deliver him. And so time and time again, yes, God does that. He delivers David time and time again. This is what we are seeing. And I love this. I love this about David. And, and this is something that we need to learn, too, that when we are praying, when we are talking to the Lord, when we are crying out to him, he hears us, number one. And number two, it's okay that we cry out to him, but then we also need to remind ourselves what the Lord has already done. And it makes God happy for us to remind him what he's already done, because it shows an awareness that we know that he is at work. Okay, so David is saying, answer me when I call to you, oh, my righteous God. The. New King James Version says, hear me when I call, O God of my righteousness. Hear me. Answer me. Hear me when I call. 
Give me relief from my distress. Be merciful to me and hear my prayer. New King James, you have relieved me in my distress. Have mercy on me and hear my prayer. You have relieved me. Give me relief and you've already relieved me before. I know that you can do these things. Okay. How long will you turn my glory into shame? That is not directed towards God. That is directed towards whoever is persecuting or, or after David at the moment. How long, O oh men, will you turn my glory into shame? How long will you love delusion and seek false gods, which is seek lies? You're seeking lies. You're not this. Everything that you're after right here is. Is is wrong. Uh, New King James says, how long will you love worthlessness and seek falsehood? They're not looking for the truth. They're after David. Okay. But verse three is one of these things that, that David is reminding himself. Know that the Lord has set apart the godly for himself. The Lord will hear when I call to him. So the Lord has set apart the godly for himself. That godly right there, what that means is he has set apart those who believe him, those who who talk to him, those who are faithful to him, those who are walking and trying to be like him. That's what that means. Those people are set apart. And if you are a believer in God, he is going to hear your prayers. The Lord will hear when I call to him. Okay. The The new King James is exactly the same. Okay. In your anger, do not sin. When you are on your bed, search your hearts and be silent. Meditate that search your heart, lay on your beds and be silent that you're supposed to meditate Um, over in Psalm one, which David did not even write Psalm one. Y'all scripture interprets scripture. Okay, write that down. I'm not the first one that says it, but scripture interprets scripture and they it repeats itself. That's one of the fascinating things about the Bible is even though it had separate um, writers, separate men that wrote this down, it was all inspired by the same God. And and God breathed and, you know, however you want to look at it, um, you know, I believe that the Holy Spirit has has been with every person that has ever penned one word in the Bible. It's not. I, anyway, we're, this is a different discussion for another day, but it, it interprets each other and it's the same language and it's, it doesn't real, it doesn't contradict itself. Okay, just know that it does not contradict itself. Um, we'll get into that. Um, we might have to get into that later. I don't know, but that's not for today. Because in in one one <laughs> Psalms one, not one one, but Psalms one, it says, uh, Psalm one two says, "But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night." So that his law, the way, and what is the law? Well, at this time, in the time of David, and in, in the time where the psalmists are writing these, the law are the Ten Commandments, and, and what has been set up. Okay, all those laws, and we're going to see that again. You see that meditate. You search your hearts and be silent. Meditate on what on what the Lord is saying um, in Psalm one thirty nine, which I believe is a Psalm of David. Um, Let's see if it is. It's one of my favorite psalms. It is of David, um, and it's also for the director of music. Um, 
and we're going to get to it, but um, it, it says in there that search me, O Lord, search my heart, O God. Okay, it says that. And so here again, repeating, search me, know me. I'm going to meditate. I'm going to search my own heart and be silent. I'm going to meditate and pray on what what you want. And what what does that mean if we do that? Verse three, back again, where the Lord the, the part the set apart the godly for himself, the Lord will hear when I call to him. Why is he going to do that? Because when I lay in my bed and I'm silent, I'm meditating. Because I'm searching my heart, looking for the Lord, and I know that he is going to search my heart and reveal to me what I need to do, what I need to change, what I need to repent from. Okay. Verse five. Offer right sacrifices and trust in the Lord. Now, okay, so this is bring your best. When you offer a right sacrifice, what the Lord is asking for you to do is to bring your best. And this reminded me of Cain and Abel in the book of Genesis, which is in chapter four. We're going to go over there real quick. Um, Chapter four, verses three through seven Y'all know that um, chapter. Y'all know that Cain and Abel were the sons of of um, Adam and Eve. Okay. In the course of time, well, let me go back. Now Abel kept flocks, and Cain worked the soil. And in the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord, but Abel brought fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. And the Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry and his face was downcast. And then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must master it. Some of the very best advice that God is giving right to someone. Master it. It's sin is waiting at your door. You best master it. And and no one there is no record of what it was that that wasn't pleasing in Cain's offering. It seems like he, it it seems on its face that they were the same and that what we must assume, and I know what happens when you assume, but what we're going to assume is that something in the way that it was presenting presented was not pleasing to God. Was it the first fruit that was offered? Probably was it maybe rotten or fallen on the ground? The birds had gotten into it that had bugs, worms in it. Was it begrudgingly offered? Whatever, it it makes us believe that Abel had done it the way God wanted and that Cain had not. And we have to assume as well that they both knew what needed to be done, but one did it and one didn't. So again, David is saying, Offer right sacrifices and trust in the Lord. Bring your best and it will be accepted. Okay, next. Many are asking, who can show us any good? Let the light of your face shine upon us, O Lord. Okay, so this is a reference to numbers 
and what I get, love about this is David knew all this, this scripture. He knew what was, what was being, you know, he knew. He knew all about this because here's a reference and the reference is to number six, 24 through 26. It's not, um, I mean, David didn't go, Hey, let me go to numbers. This is David. He's quoting this a little bit. He's referring to it. We assume, uh, cause the Bible people say he is the people that do the translations say that he is referring to this point, but he doesn't have numbers. Like it wasn't called numbers chapter six then. Okay. But here it is. It says, the Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. So this is what God, again, some direct precise directions as to what someone's supposed to be saying. And this is what Aaron and his sons, who were Aaron? Aaron was Moses's brother. He was a Levite. He was the first priest, high priest of the Israelites when they, when they left Egypt. Okay. So, and the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Let the light, and here's what David says, let the light of your face shine upon us, O Lord. This also refers back to know that the Lord has set apart the godly for himself and the Lord will hear when I call to him. The set apart ones are going to call to them. He's going to turn. Let the light of your face shine upon us, O Lord. He's turning and looking. He's hearing. We're set apart. He's hearing us. He's turning to look at us. And we get that light from him and that peace. Okay, that's what we get. You have filled my heart with greater joy than when their grain and new wine abound. All that means is that right there means that whatever the Lord is giving you is better than anything that you're going to get here on earth. It's better than your your storehouses overflowing. It's better than all the new wine that comes from your vineyards. It's better than any harvest you're ever going to get. Whatever the Lord gives you is the best you can expect. It's the best that you can hope for. He is our goal. He is our prize. He is better than anything else. That me and that again is that trust comes back. That trust in the Lord comes back. You have to trust. You have to bring your best, offer the right way, meditate on him. Trust him in your heart. Be honest with him. Meditate on those laws. And when you do all these things, the Lord is going to fill my heart with greater joy than when their grain and new wine abound. My heart will have greater joy. This is why the saints and the martyrs and and everyday believers that we hear about who go through terrible trials and persecutions, the reason that they can still have joy, the reason that like James says in the New Testament, you can count it all joy is because we are trusting God. They are, they're trusting God. Because whatever he has is better than anything else. 
I will lie down and sleep in peace for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. That's just like last week when we talked about um, in three, in three, five, it says, I lie down and sleep. I wake again because the Lord sustains me. And remember back in 3.3, because you are a shield around me, O Lord, you bestow glory on me and lift up my head. So we know David knew that he could lay down and sleep and he'll wake up again because the Lord sustains me. He says, I will lie down and sleep in peace for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. All we need is from the Lord. When we trust in him, when we meditate on him, what happens is trust and peace and joy. Don't we all need more of that? Here's what the message says. When I call, give me answers. God, take my side. Once in a tight place, you gave me room. Now I'm in trouble again. Grace me. Hear me. You rabble, how long do I put up with your scorn? How long will you lust after lies? How long will you live crazed by illusion? Look at this. Look who got picked by God. He listens the split second I call to him. Complain if you must, but don't lash out. Keep your mouth shut and let your heart do the talking. Build your case before God and wait for his verdict. Why is everyone hungry for more? More, more, they say, more, more. I have God's more than enough, more joy in one ordinary day than they get in all their shopping sprees. At day's end, I'm ready for sound sleep for you, God have put my life back together. My favorite part is, look, look at this. Look who got picked by God. So this week, today, when you think of this, when you hear this, come back to this. Look who got picked by God. Because my friend, it's you. You were picked by God. God. And the same way that David talks to God is the same way that you can. I hope you are blessed by this. I hope that you walk with your head a little higher and your back a little straighter this week because look who was picked by God. Jesus loves you. We'll see you next week.